Welcome to podcast number 52 for Thanks for Your Service. Our focus is on historical topics relating to the Australian military. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter and YouTube. Just search for Thanks for Your Service. Our website is www.thanksforyourservice.net and you can also email us at info at thanksforyourservice.net. Australian Defence Force bans only formally welcome women into their ranks after the introduction of the Sex Discrimination Act in 1984. Dr Anthea Skinner joins us to talk about Ladies to the Front, the hidden history of women in Australian Air Force bans. And joining us on the line from Melbourne is Dr. Anthea Skinner, a McKenzie postdoctoral research fellow at the University of Melbourne. Anthea, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. As as a segue into my first question, the, the, the research topic that we're talking about today is titled Ladies to the Front, the Hidden History of Women in Australia's Air Force Bands. Now, to talk about the actual topic. In 1984, the Sex Discrimination Act changed many things for the Australian Defence Force, but your research identified one in particular. What was that? Well, that's right. Um, Prior to the um, introduction of the Sex Discrimination Act, uh, women hadn't been allowed to join mainstream um, military bands in any of the Defence Forces. Um, At least that is what uh, all of the histories of, of Australian military bands had said. And it's what we. Um, but while I was um, completing my PhD, um, I was looking to interview World War II bandsmen, and we called them bandsmen because we thought they were all men. And I got a phone call from a woman named Olive Jardine, and she said to me, "I used to play in a RAF band in World War II." Uh, and that really surprised me. And I actually sort of, at first I sort of said to her, "Oh no, sorry, you know, we, we're not doing women's auxiliary bands. We're only doing." mainstream bands and said no no uh, I played in the RAF band because there weren't enough men on our base and so they asked me to come and play and uh, this was the first I'd ever heard of, of women playing in, in any kind of Australian military band um, prior to 1984 and you know studying military bands is what I do so I was really surprised to hear from her and, and yeah it was it wasn't something that I was expecting. And can you tell us about the background of bands during World War II and then the introduction of women into those bands? Yeah, sure. Well, I mean, one of the things we need to remember about World War II and the RAAF is that they hadn't actually been around very long. You know, the RAAF only formally started in the 20s. Um, and so while the Navy and the Army had sort of formal um, official bands, where people were hired specifically for their musical skills, the Air Force didn't have that kind of system yet. They did have bands, but they were run on a volunteer basis. So if you think about the way local sports teams run or the way local community bands run, um, that's the way the Air Force bands were running at the time. And that made it very easy for women to join because there was no formal hierarchy. You know, they didn't have to get anything approved if they needed you know, if they needed a tenor horn player and the only person on base who was a tenor horn player was a woman, then they were free to accept them. And, and that's, that's the big difference between the, the, the Air Force and the other two forces. Um, and that's why we see women in the Air Force and, and, and nowhere else. Um, so, and this was really uh, quite groundbreaking at the time. And so are we saying that the experience with the Army and the Navy, that they were just male bands during World War II and, and, and after World War II? Yes, that's exactly right. Right up until 1984. 
um, only men were allowed to to join bands. And it seems strange, you know, to us we sort of modernise because, you know, um, bands aren't on the front line, you know, why would they were not combat positions? Um, why would it be limited to men? Um, and there's two reasons for that. Well, one is actually in the... Uh, in the Navy and the Army, they were on the front lines. They, you know, they had other, you know, they, they were on the ships or they were serving as stretcher bearers. So, you know, um, they were combat positions. And the other thing, um, I guess, is the thing we don't think about with military bands is that they're actually the, the public face of the military in, in, in many ways, or the defence forces in many ways. Um, you know, when those shiny instruments with their proud uniforms and they're marching down the street, they're actually representing, you know, the whole of the Air Force or the whole of the army, or the whole of the navy. And so to have women in those roles is that was actually very confronting to people because, you know, our ideas of what an airman should be, especially in the 40s, were that they should be an airman, that a soldier should be a man, that, a, that you know, a sailor should be a man. Uh, and so to have women in this role representing the whole of the defence force, you know, on stage, in a parade, um, was very confronting to a lot of people. Mm. Now, you've already mentioned Olive Jardine. Can you tell us about her? Yeah. Um, Olive, well, first of all, I'd like to say that uh, Olive Jardine may well be listening. She's 101 now. Uh, and she has actually helped me with a lot of this research. It wouldn't have happened without her um, because, as I said, I had no idea that, that this was even a thing until she contacted me. So um, Olive, um, she signed up pretty much as soon as the, the WAF, the Women's Australian Auxiliary Airport was formed and she signed up as an accounts clerk but in her um, application she, she wrote that she was also a trained that she was a, an organ and piano teacher so uh, when she arrived on base the first thing she did was volunteer at that local Padre's hut to play organ for church services um, and while she was doing that a few members of the band came up to her and they said to her oh you know we're, we're short of players you know we've only got 12 members in our band would you like to come and play with us? And she said to them, well, I don't play a brass band instrument. And they said, that's okay, we'll teach you. And they did. So basically they procured a, a, a tenor horn and one of the more experienced members of the band sat down and taught Olive to play. And then as a result, she became the only woman in her band. Um, she, she, she does remember that, you know, um, some people were quite negative about women joining the Air Force at all. Um, but she, but she remembers very fondly the, the, the men that she played in the band with, and she said they were always very welcoming and they were very keen to have have a woman in their ranks. So that was that was lovely. So with Olive joining the the, the, the RAF band, was she the only female? Yes, she was the only uh, woman in her band, and she was the only female um, band musician that she actually met at all during her time in the RAF or in the WAF. Um, but after spoke to me I then was able to go through the archival records and I was able to find a number of other women who worked in similar ways to Olive and indeed um, more than a quarter of the RAF bands that we've managed to identify seem to have had at least one woman in them and some had multiple women mm. uh, which was completely unexpected even after I spoke to Olive I had very much assumed that she was probably the only one mm. but I was wrong what happened after the war? <laughs> after the war, um, the WAF, the Women's Australian Auxiliary Air Force, um, was disbanded. And then it was as the WRAWF, the RAF, I'm not quite sure how you pronounce that. Uh, at the end of the war, um, most of the 
volunteer bands were closed down just because everyone demobbed. So a lot of the um, bases were closed down and therefore the bands that performed on them were closed down. And then in the early 50s, um, the Air Force developed its own um, professional band service. So in the same way that we discussed the the, um, the name having you know professional band service where people are hired for their skills as bands people and they were all male um, again because only men were able to serve in the in the full RAF. Mm. So yeah we had these amazing women serving for less than 10 years and doing amazing things and in some in some cases you know acting as drum majors playing solos and then at the end of the war it all disappeared and they basically um, had to go back to just playing in auxiliary bands until 1984. So, you know, decades. And by the time that happened, yeah, this, this history had been forgotten, basically, and, except by the women who, who did it. And then in 1984, the Sex Discrimination Act changed it. And what happened then? Well, um, slowly but surely, uh, women began to be welcomed uh, into bands. Um, Roland Bannister, Dr. Roland Bannister, um, is retired now, but he wrote a lot of work on Australian army bands. And he um, actually interviewed a lot of them in the sort of late 80s, early 90s about, about what had happened. Um, and, you know, a lot of people were quite concerned. You know, people were worried that band members would start to have affairs and it would ruin people's marriages and you know, those kind of things. And I, I suppose there were, probably were a few cases where that happened. Mm. Um, but, you know, of course, as we know, slowly but surely women began to be ex- ex- accepted. And, and now it's, it's really not considered an issue, you know, which is wonderful. You know, I, I think... Uh, Olive would be very proud to see uh, the women standing alongside their male counterparts, you know, in the band, the same way that she did back in the 40s. You know, it must have been very disappointing, I think, for them to to come so far and then to have it all taken away from them, you know, and and to go back to being just auxiliary bands people, you know. And and we had to wait till 1984 for that change, which is even still incredible in in this day and age. So in terms of your research, where can people find out more about it? The the research topic, again, is Ladies to the Front, the Hidden History of Women in Australia's Air Force Bands. Where can people read about it? Um, In the conversation, um, which is an online um, uh, journal, so it's uh, theconversation.com. And if you just look up, um, yeah, ladies to the front, the conversation, you, you should be able to find it on Google fairly easily. Look, again, th- th- this was just a subject which was really left to fill, but really fascinating uh, insight that you've given us. And, and uh, from and if Olive is, is listening, you know, we've come a long way. Uh, it has taken a long time, but um, amazing that, uh, that she was the uh, first and, and only woman uh, initially to uh, to join the Australia's Air Force Band during World War II. So, Anthea, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. That's the podcast for today. We're keen to hear your feedback, and if you're listening to us via iTunes or other podcast apps, please leave a review. Your reviews help others find our podcast, and you can help support this podcast via Patreon or Buy Me A Coffee. The links are on our website and Facebook page. And your support helps us with the production of this podcast. Thanks for listening.